0: This podcast is brought to you by Heinen's. Founded in 1929 in Shaker Heights, Ohio, by local butcher Joe Heinen, Heinen's has grown to 23 total locations, with 19 stores in the Cleveland area and four in the North Shore suburbs of Chicago. After years of building connection with Midwest farmers, it became a part of Heinen's nature to do business with smaller regional companies. Today, Heinen's is proud to carry nearly 700 Midwest made non-produce items that are present in all departments. For more information, go to heinen's.com.
1: Welcome to the Craft Food Classroom Podcast, where we help make food business simple at every stage of growth. Brought to you by Central Kitchen Media. And now, here's your host, Eric Diamond. Welcome
0: to the Craft Food Classroom Podcast. This is Barry Jarvis, riding solo today as your host. And we are remote for the first time, which is exciting in a way. We have a very special guest coming to us from Chicago, and... Her name is Rochelle Melk, and she is the owner of Milk and Cookies, which is one of Heinens featured made-in-the-Midwest brands. And welcome to the show, Rochelle.
2: Well, thank you, Barry, and I'm so excited to share my story with you and so thankful for Heinens to give us this opportunity.
0: They, they are fantastic, and we're so excited to have you here, too. They consider all their uh, Chicago folks to be local, just like here in Cleveland, so.
2: Wonderful, we love Heinen's. Milk and Cookies got their start at Heinen's when they opened up their first Heinen's store in Barrington, Illinois. And we were successful there, and then they continued to put us in the next three stores. And Heinen's has always been a great selling store for Milk and Cookies. When um, we talk about Heinen's in our neck of the woods, I always explain that it the customer service, the cleanliness, uh, the stores are top notch. Absolutely. And it's such a warm feeling every time you go in there to receiving, to the people on the floor, and they display your product beautifully. So it's been just such a great opportunity for us, very much.
0: Couldn't agree more. That is amazing. Yeah. Can you tell me about... When you got that news that you were that you had made it into Heinen's, what what was that like?
2: Well, that was exciting. Actually, Les Geierman was the buyer at Heinen's at that time, the frozen buyer, and he actually called and said, "We'd like to have your product in our store." And I said, "Well, I could get it to you tomorrow." Well, I think Barrington's store wasn't exactly open yet, but we soon got it on the shelves right away. Wow. So, yeah, they're just they're in, you know, just wonderful neighborhoods. Yeah. You know, every neighborhood in Illinois that these Heinem stores are in, just beautiful nice neighborhoods.
0: Then what at what point did you get where you, they said let's let's try this in Ohio as well?
2: Yeah, so that's a great question. And this question speaks to the perseverance. I had asked in 2018 And it wasn't a good fit at that point in 2019, it wasn't a good fit. And then in December of 2020, I thought, I'm going to ask again, because I knew sales had done so well, especially during COVID. Um, They had really picked up and the frozen buyer, Andrea, she said, yes, but um, I needed to find a distributor that I could work with. So she referred us to Sherwood Distribution and they've been a great partner for us. Just love, you know, just, just everything's gone better than I could have ever imagine.
0: Wow, that is yeah. great, congratulations. Thank you. Now you started this journey as a young girl.
2: Well, whenever you came over to my house to play when we were growing up, uh, we always made cookies before we did anything else. And I was just really lucky because I had a mom who didn't care about the mess that I made and she didn't care about the ingredients that I pulled out of the cupboard. She just let us go for it. She was awesome. And I'll tell you what, she cleaned up after us because once we got the cookies made and we got to eat them, we were out of there. We went and did our thing. So, yeah, I was just really lucky to have a mom that was uh, easygoing, I would say.
0: That is fantastic. Yeah. You know, so many of the food entrepreneurs we talk to have a wonderful role model
2: like that
0: to inspire them.
2: Yes, yes. She was, she was great. My husband, well, I've got a couple mentors. The first mentor that I went to talk to before we even started Milk and Cookies is a guy by the name of Bob Carmody. He's the owner of Diana's Bananas. It's chocolate-covered frozen bananas. And my husband and I went together to talk with him about what this journey would look like. And what I loved about Bob is he told the truth. He said, this is gonna be harder than anything you've done. I didn't believe him. I thought it was just about making cookies, but I soon learned it was about trying my best to run a successful business. And it's really about running a business. It's not anymore. It's not about the joy of making a cookie any day. It's making a cookie every day it's about how do i run this business so that we can have a business but stick to my mission and that's the other thing bob carmody said he says you stick like my goal was i want to have the best all natural cookie dough in the market and that meant that along the way no matter how things how tough things got i could never change my ingredients because my ingredients were always top of the line We don't substitute with oils. We use um, sweet cream, pure butter. We have social responsibility. We use cage-free eggs. Um, And we use top-of-the-line chocolate locally sourced from Blommer's, which is in Chicago. So we have never changed our ingredients. But what we'll always do in the manufacturing process is find a way to be more efficient because efficiency is the name of the game. And I mean, if it comes down to one additional step that doesn't need to be taken, we find a way to make that better.
0: Sounds crazy, can (laughs) not And I love the the dedication to the finest ingredients. And on that note, I am going to pop some of these cookies in the oven and I'll pick right back up there on our next question, okay? I can't wait.
2: Okay, sounds good.
0: Do you have an amazing food product that's retail ready? If so, you should check out our class on delivering the perfect pitch. It's taught by Kim Heinen from Heinen's and she heads up the category management team. She's gonna take you through the key differentiators that'll set you and your product apart as well as to give you the four Ps of a perfect pitch. It really is a great roadmap to get you on retail shelves. So check that out at thecentral.kitchen slash classroom. So baking was my only B in culinary school, so I, I don't usually set timers or measure things. So, um, whoa.
2: Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you'll do great.
0: <laughs> so, you know, back to what what Bob said, and I I love that advice because it's so raw and truthful. You know, it it probably was the hard one of the hardest things, if not that you that you've ever done. Can you tell me about a, you know a moment where it was such a struggle where you thought, how am I going to get through this?
2: Yeah, huh? You know, I've I've never felt that I couldn't get through it, and that really is the truth. It's just the stick-to-itiveness. Do you know what I mean? When it stops being fun, you still stick to it. And I love the phrase sticking close to the knitting. I, I don't know if you've heard that phrase, but my husband keeps me on track. I am kind of these one of these people. I have a million different things I want to do in a day. Um, but I needed to always focus on staying close to the knitting, which was create the best chocolate chip cookie and the best oatmeal raisin cookie on the market. Now, I mean, if I was with my own druthers, I would have had 15 different cookies on the market by now, but that would not have been a good idea. I needed to stay lean and stay stick to what we do best. And really our chocolate chip cookie is the winner. And so that's what I need to continue to do is just to continue to manufacture it with the love and care that we do and do it in small batches. I mean, this cookie is hand scooped, you know, The business has always also been about the people that we work with. We have a team of 10 women. And, you know, my father always said, surround yourself with people who you think are smarter and better than you. And guess what? I have done that. These women come up with the best ideas. And I just love to hear their ideas. And I love to implement them. I love to make them feel like they, I've not make them. I love them. I love to see them loving, taking a little bit of ownership because it just gets them excited.
0: That, so, I, I saw the, the,
2: yeah. picture, and I mean, the uh,
0: staff picture on the website and they, they just looked so happy. And, you know, you're giving so many great nuggets of wisdom for, for, for craft food entrepreneurs. Can, can you talk a little bit about that, um, that, fa- that kind of treating the employees, you know, well as, as kind of the first ingredient?
2: Absolutely. And you said it exactly right. That is the first ingredient because you don't have a company unless you have excited people to be there and who want to give you their best every time they come. And it's true. Like we keep our work shifts to five hours. You can't do this job well for longer than five hours. We rotate. We rotate people through different positions. And we love to... if you know, acknowledge your great idea and implement it maybe the next time we're at manufacturing. And, and I'll tell you, we wouldn't be where we are today if it weren't for those women who had all these great ideas. And I love to create an atmosphere where you're never, where you feel like no matter what you say, it's going to be, um, not acknowledged, but it's, it's going to be taken heartfelt. What's the word? It's going to be taken seriously Every suggestion to me is fantastic. Do I implement every single one of them? No. But I I love to always hear them. Yeah. Just I love to reward them with little, you know, I love to bring them all flowers one day. I love to sometimes surprise them all with a little gift certificate to Starbucks. I love to bake them pies and Uh. All, the, all the
0: bosses and business owners out there, I hope you're listening to that. that. That is super important and touching. Yeah. Now tell me about, without telling me too many of your secrets, because these will be coming out of the oven here in a few minutes. Tell me about the research that, that it took to, to come up with this cookie that doesn't fall flat.
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> that was baking a lot of cookies. In doing something, you know, there's just there's just one little thing that I did. Um, I thought, well, wait, let me try this. And I remember it was a fall afternoon. My at the time, uh, my kids were outside with my husband, and a neighbor had stopped by. And I had baked these cookies in the oven, and I brought them out. And I'm like, I got it. I finally got the recipe. I can remember the day exactly. Wow. Got the recipe, so I, I can't tell you what they <laughs> yeah. did, but I did something. I don't. I cool. don't
0: need to know, but <laughs> I, uh, I I love yeah. that. I love that story. Tell me about how you know you put so much time into the into these ingredients. Was that a struggle too to verify your sourcing and just kind of the supply chain to get everything scaled up?
2: Well, um, in the very beginning, uh, Diana's bananas, Bob Carmody. He sourced for us the first 50-pound box of chocolate chips. And I would drive to Chicago in the city to pick up 50 pounds of chocolate chips. And it just got to the point where I was able to finally order them directly when we scaled up our business. But we started small. I mean, super small. I mean, I I don't even remember, but did I buy my flour from the grocery store? I think that's how we started. And I started out at our local French market. It's an outdoor market. So we started there. And we had, you know, reasonable success. It was, we were trying to sell a frozen cookie dough in the middle of summer when it was 85 degrees. So we would bring a generator with one of those little freezers you get at Home Depot. And we would put our cookies out on the um, table and we sold them. And I thought, you know what, I'm having reasonable success. Why don't I walk over to the local meat market and say, hey, here's our package of cookies. What do you think? Would you put it on the shelf? So the owner of Wheat and Meat Company, his name is Brett, and he said, sure, Rochelle, we'll give it a try. Well, it was successful. Then I thought, well, oh, my gosh, Whole Foods is right down the road. How am I going to get into Whole Foods? And you know what it is? It's I walked in with a package of cookies, and I asked to talk to somebody who was in charge. I showed him the cookies. I talked them up as much as I possibly could. And he said, you know what? We'll give it a try. I came home, I was like, Can you believe this? Of course, we had to go through all this process with Whole Foods where they needed to check our manufacturing facility, check our sources for ingredients. Uh-huh. Cause it's yeah. serious business once you get into the grocery store. And we complied with all the rules and it got on the shelf at Whole Foods in Wheaton. Well, from there, I went from to every store single-handedly in Illinois to ask if they would have it on their shelf because it wasn't in the planogram so you do you know what you know what a planogram is it's where it's the set space for all products it was never that it was always one store at a time so we got into all those whole foods we were successful in whole foods and then about a year and a half to two years ago I asked if I could get I have to do the asking
0: I think that might be the timer for my cookies thanks (laughs) that's they look good, right?
2: I I want to see how they baked. Ooh, those look pretty good.
0: Did those look look right right to you?
2: Let's see. Can I see them?
0: These look fantastic. I'm gonna let them cool down in a minute. Okay. All right. So bef- before I try these, I'm gonna go ahead and ask about. And I know you've already covered this a lot, but if you could inspire a up and coming food entrepreneur just starting out, or just with an idea, maybe of their mothers or or grandmothers or something like that? What, 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 would, what would you say to that?
2: Oh, Barry, I love that question because I just love to inspire young women, medium-age women, women even my age. I, I'm not the medium <laughs> age anymore. I wish I was, but not. You know what? If somebody like me can do this business, anybody can, and I really mean it. I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. I'm really not, but I have what my friends would say. If you use an adjective, I have moxie. I'm ready. I'm I'm willing to try and I'm willing to fail and rejection is okay. And you will get a rejection and it is okay. You just keep going at it again and again. It's, you know, find your passion. I love just write down on a piece of paper. What are your five top things that you love to do? And then build a business off the things that you love. And you know take, take business classes. That can help you. I'm fortunate. I have a husband who's a great business mind. And he has helped me a lot with staying on track. And he's just a great sounding board. I always make the final decision. But it's great to go to him and just ask. Because he's been in the business world his whole life. So um, he's been a great support to me. Wonderful support. For young girls... Just find your passion, go for it. You know, uh, and I'll tell you what: the people who, in, yeah. in the people in my na- in my community, are the people that helped me get this business going. I had a friend who was a; um, she had her degree in art. She's the one that did our packaging for us. So she was a friend. I had another friend who majored in English. She's the girl who did the writing on our package. So I really looked in my community to see, well, who's good at these different things? I was good at a few things, but I wasn't good at those other things. And that When I accepted the fact that I didn't have the skills to do my own packaging, I didn't have the skills to write properly. And I went to the people around me with skills. And these are just moms that I'd known in the neighborhood. so those are the women that did my packaging in the writing
0: wow so that's that is cool
2: it is cool it it really is yeah Yeah.
0: well all right here's the best part I love that answer and um I am going to try these now I have both kinds here we have the chocolate chip and the oatmeal raisin
2: okay
0: I I bet I read too you have uh, a bunch of kids and grandkids I bet you have some great product testers around. You know what? Every
2: Wednesday, our seven grandchildren come over for milk and cookies time. Every (laughs) Wednesday, they get off the bus. We make about 36 cookies. I let them, I mean, or more than that, their parents, you know, the moms come too. And I let these kids eat two to three cookies (laughs) after
0: school. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That I started with the oatmeal raisin and I got some local, Pasture raised uh, milk here from Heinan's as well. And that
2: that milk looks nice and rich. It is. Is it? it That's a great combo.
0: I think it's whole milk. It's whole Whole milk. milk. No (laughs)
2: wonder it looks like a milkshake. Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep. But it's a good combo. That is incredible.
2: Very good combo. And
0: I'm, wow. I. Now we're going to do the chocolate chip next.
2: You know, there's nothing better than a cookie straight from the oven. Once you start making these cookies, you know, we love that it's in a resealable package. You can bake two at a time, four at a time, six at a time. But once you start eating cookies that you bake fresh out of the oven, you're never going to buy a package of cookies again. There's just something about fresh out of the oven.
0: Oh, yeah. And this, I mean... I've never done it. I didn't. I was lucky to grow up in a family that probably wouldn't do this, but this blows. It has to blow away the tube you cut off. Oh my goodness!
2: Please, (laughs) yes, it does. Oh, it does.
0: I am super impressed with those.
2: Well, thank you. Mm. Thank you.
0: Absolutely wonderful. I, your, your grandkids are lucky.
2: They are lucky. You know, I think for people who want to start a business for me, I had talked about starting a cookie business for years with um, my girlfriends. We have a bike riding group of five of us. We actually went to Cabo and, you know, you had a great time in Cabo. We're having a great time. And then you're getting, we were getting ready to board the plane coming back home after five days in Cabo, you know, and so usually on a vacation, you know, you've had your good time, but it's now it's time to get back to work. So I said to my girlfriends, I said, you know what, guys, I'm done. I am not talking about this cookie business anymore. I am going to start a cookie business. And I said, what am I going to call this business? And my girlfriend to the left said, Rochelle, it's perfectly easy. Your last name is Melka, milk and cookies. You know what? Once I had the name for this business, that's all I needed to start. Mm. And in really just starting is just do something every day to try to do your business Mm -hmm. and just don't be afraid. Just absolutely don't be afraid to walk. If, If it's a food business, walk into your local grocery store, walk into the mom and pop grocery stores in your area and let them show them what you got, bring them samples. And you'd be surprised at how many people are receptive to, to, to entrepreneurs. Wow. It's not anything to be afraid of. Yeah. They're receptive. They love you for it. They're excited for you. Mm.
0: And they could so. probably fee- feel your passion,
2: your yeah. obsession.
0: Yeah. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well,
0: I'm certainly thankful for that trip to Cab- Cabo that, you know, pushed you over the edge, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, I, I will say I, I, you now have a customer in me for sure. These are fantastic. My boys are well, going to love these.
2: Thank you, Barry. Yeah. How many boys? I do have you three have? boys,
0: and we we cook all the time. But uh, oh, do yeah, you but you know, yeah. I don't, baking's not my thing. So this will be perfect.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, you're a good podcast guy. I like how down to earth you
0: are.
2: <laughs> I really well, do. Well, I
0: appreciate it, and we are yeah. so thankful for Heinen's and for introducing. Me to you, this this has been fantastic.
2: Oh well wonderful. Yeah, I really like to just speak from the heart. I'm nothing special. I mean, of course I think I'm I am special, but you know what? Oh I'm yeah. Saying. Yeah. I'm just a regular, everyday kind of person that just decided to do something. It's just that simple. I
0: think that humility is probably why you can motivate your you know, your staff so well and treat them with such empathy and kindness and that probably is that's, key to your, yeah. your whole driving force.
2: It absolutely yeah. is. You, you, you listened well because that's exactly right. Yeah.
0: Well, I'm so glad we connected.
2: Thank you. I will
0: um, look forward to maybe stopping in. We're we're planning a field trip to the Chicago area to, to do some things. Oh, yeah. You? So.
2: Oh, we'd love yeah. to, if you give me advance notice, I'd love for you to come and see our operation. Oh, that would be
0: fantastic. Yeah
2: it's it's simple i'd love for you to come and yeah. see it all right yeah we don't take a lot of talking breaks though. no remember i talked about efficiency right we i said you can talk all you want when you're scooping but if you're a mixer you're not to say a word because we can't screw up the recipe hey,
0: that is fantastic <laughs> i mean it's a five-hour shift so just keep your head down right
2: well you can talk all you want is scooping but yeah they all know that there's absolutely no talking if you're mixing and there's no talking when you're counting 12 cookies to put in a bag yeah because i'll tell you what the customers will call if there's 11 cookies in the bag and that's costly
0: (laughs) i can see why every (laughs) bite is delicious Yeah. Yeah. yeah well thanks so much for joining us rochelle
2: Thank you, Barry. Have a good
0: day. Okay. Thank you so much.
2: Thanks
1: for joining on the Craft Food Classroom Podcast, where we help make food business simple at every stage of growth. Brought to you by Central Kitchen Media. To learn more about what we're doing, visit us at thecentral.kitchen. Please subscribe to this podcast to learn more about food entrepreneurs and their experience in the craft food business.
0: This podcast is brought to you by Heidens. Founded in 1929 in Shaker Heights, Ohio, by local butcher Joe Heinen. Heidens has grown to 23 total locations with 19 stores in the Cleveland area and four in the North Shore suburbs of Chicago. After years of building connection with Midwest farmers, it became a part of Heinen's nature to do business with smaller regional companies. Today, Heinen's is proud to carry nearly 700 Midwest-made non-produce items that are present in all departments. For more information, go to Heinen's.com.